0: Will you still feed me? Will you still need me when I'm 64? Welcome to AB Testing
1: Podcast, your modern testing podcast. Your hosts, Alan and Brent will be here to guide you through topics on testing, leadership, agile, and anything else that comes to mind. Now, on with the show. Hey everyone, it's Alan and welcome to episode 151 of the AB Testing Podcast. I'm Alan and that silence is Brent who is not here yet, but let's go ahead and start with Adam. It'll be fun. He'll show up and jump right in. This show is also our end of year extravaganza. I don't know what to call it, but every year, our last recording of the year, we talk about you know, things, things that we have reflected onto the year, predictions for the next year, that kind of stuff. So um, I don't know if Brent's prepared, but I certainly have not. But probably worth reflecting a little bit on what's happened in 2021 and what's it's been a long year. Right. With the pandemic and everybody working from home. And we have more of it in front of us. It's been hard. But a year ago, I went back and listened briefly to not all, but part of our year-end extravaganza from 2020. Uh, We talked about, we were still talking about the election and it wasn't certified yet. and, And Brent was still fairly worried. Oh, hey, Brent. I started without you. Everybody say hi to Brent. Brent is working on getting his microphone to work. He is muted right now in Zoom. That could be part of it. But uh, welcome to the podcast, Brent. Are you excited to join us here
0: today? Yeah, join us? Yes.
1: Yeah. I was just letting everyone know this is the year end extra. I'll catch you. just hold on, everybody. Just fast forward for a second. It's the uh, last <laughs> podcast of the year. And a year ago, we were talking about uh, would the election be certified? That's kind of where I was when you joined us. So welcome. I'm happy to have you here. I was talking about last year. I am told I already told them I'm not prepared at all for this, but uh I do want to now tangentize. Um did you have you watched Get Back? No. Okay, apparently not. It is so no. good. It is so so good. That's all I'll say. So,
0: I did watch uh Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Heart Club Band.
1: Yeah, that's different. So, uh the, yeah, it's one of the high points of the year for me. And there was a lot of, you know, one thing if I were to reflect on the year as we bounce around, i probably have an order I'll get to in a moment. But one thing I could reflect on for the year is the streaming services really stepped it up to make being at home all the time work. Having some first releases get to HBO or, or Disney has been really nice. I have earned my money's worth. You know, I've gone over my Comcast limit almost every month. And why we have limits on internet, I do not know. I I hate you, Comcast, but we have gone over our limits about every month. So there's. That. I thought
0: you were off Comcast.
1: No, unfortunately, no. There's nothing else I can get here. Just as of recently, we can get T-Mobile 5G, but everything I hear about it tells me I'm not going to like it just for spottiness.
0: Oh, okay. So you you just um you cut the coax cord but right i other- cut
1: the coax cord i still pay for internet access i would love to live someplace where i could get fiber or have anything else but instead we have a monopoly
0: yeah so streaming services so you said you've um so what streaming services are you uh currently invested in
1: oh my god it's, it's a little embarrassing right so i have the
0: is the answer yes
1: the answer is almost <laughs> yes so <laughs> i don't have any live tv services I okay. do have, uh, I have the package from Disney, which gives me Disney Plus, Hulu, plus and ES- e- ESPN Plus, and, and that gets me a lot of soccer. So that's very nice. I watch a lot of soccer games on ESPN Plus or Hulu.
0: I thought there was live things on on Hulu.
1: You can get live Hulu, but it's like it's again, it's it's the same price as cable, and I don't watch enough live TV. Gotcha. Uh, I watch. In fact, I. Usually, uh, anything like any sport event, and I don't watch a lot of sports. It's the, the only sport I watch is soccer. And if there is a match that's not on ESPN, uh, the internet is full of streams for those, and I'll watch there. Um, I don't feel bad for taking your money. In fact, uh, if you go to Fox Sports for American people, uh, just log in incognito, uh, watch for an hour till the time limit goes up, and then relaunch your incognito window and log on to the event again. It's very handy. I really, I really enjoy. Uh, That Fox makes it not very difficult to watch their live events. And I also have Netflix, of course, and Amazon Prime. Uh, Anything else? Oh, I just, yes, because T-Mobile for my phone uh, has given me Apple TV for free. I've only watched Ted Lasso on there. It's excellent. But I got to tell you, the Apple TV app on, on my Mac that I watch this stuff on, is by far the worst streaming control experience of any of the streaming experiences made by anyone. I it's it's awful.
0: So I'm I'm on T-Mobile and I did not know that they will do Apple TV. Yeah, they also
1: gave just I just signed up for it yesterday a free year of Paramount Plus. Oh, I not So even I can catch up that. on Star Trek. It's CBS.
0: Oh, awesome! Like I. I so, uh, what was it? Amazon Prime just did the the one episode of Picard, uh, which I watched the second it came out, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not...
1: Yeah, I, they're all I, on Paramount Plus, man. So, I think that's it for my streaming services. Uh, it's not too horrible. Oh, also HBO Max. Never mind. HBO Max.
0: Oh, now I'm just, yeah, so... So, <laughs> I so I'm just probably res- paying
1: more for streaming per month than I used to pay for cable, but... Much more value out of it because I can watch what I want when I want, and
0: there's and you f- and you feel better about it. Yeah, get Apple TV on us. Interesting. Yeah, check it out. So I I actually want to watch Ted Lasso and I want to watch Foundation, which are only there.
1: Oh, is Foundation Here. based on the 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 Anne Rand stuff or is something? Different?
0: No, which no. foundation Foundation? Uh, foundation. I'm based thinking
1: Fountainhead. A- God, I'm dumb.
0: No, Anne Rand. Uh, I was thinking
1: Fountainhead. And Atlas Shrug, but I was thinking Fountain yeah, Foundation.
0: Al- Atlas Atlas Shrug is what I was thinking of. No, uh Foundation is Isaac Asimov.
1: Oh yes, 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 yes. It's like the crux of science fiction. I should yeah. watch that. I should get back to that. So what was I saying? Oh, I should probably well I'm on this rant and not rant, soapbox, whatever. Maybe it's worth talking about. Last year you recommended The Masked Singer to me, which I still hate but it's all right uh ted lasso good recommendation the new season of the expanse uh kicked off i'm super happy about that a new season of lost in space on netflix you haven't watched i think it's a really good show
0: i just canceled netflix i forgot lost in space is on there lost in (laughs) space was fantastic
1: yeah 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 new season just just showed up so i've been pretty happy what else have i watched a lot of stuff um those stand out from recent memory but Ted Lasso you're like what have you been watching what if what have, what did you stream in
0: 2021 oh uh and of
1: course all the marvel stuff on disney that's a given
0: i uh, know uh, yeah i i i would say anything marvel dc is what i've been watching like the but not how do i put this like doom patrol are you, have you been watching Doom Patrol and HBO Max? No,
1: no, not yet. Um,
0: oh, oh my God! Like that is a fantastic show. All right, I, I'm going to check it out. And and they've gotten they've gotten I think multiple Emmy nominations. Uh They're just completely irrelevant, or not irrelevant. Irre- ir- irrelevant. Irre- Probably ir- not the reverent, word you're looking for here. Irreverent. Um, <laughs> which is as a data scientist, irrelevant is is a word that I use far more often. And then uh, even even the the live action teen Titans knockoff that, that they just call Titans.
1: Yeah, I I've I thought that wasn't bad. I I didn't have time to get back I've watched like two or three episodes and I got sidetracked. Like there's more than enough stuff I want to watch to occupy the relatively small amount of time that I give to watching videos one other one to call out is on amazon prime is invincible have you seen this
0: uh i watched the first episode of it and okay i
1: i think it's if you get into it it is fantastic and where it goes in the end it is
0: dark i'll leave it there well the the first episode it ended very dark
1: yeah it gets darker
0: and i'm like yeah i'm not certain this one's for me all right Uh all right fair enough uh, although, like, last night, last night, well, where was it? Uh, HBO Max. Uh, somebody had made a cartoon version of the the Mortal Kombat story. And I'm like, I, I was just so, I'm like, why would anyone build this? Like, no one knows Mortal Kombat anymore. Uh, so I was fascinated, watched it. And I can I can tell you, I didn't actually get the answer to my question, uh, but I can absolutely save you an hour of your life.
1: All right. Noted. <laughs> no, what are you going to make my list? And of course, I think I mentioned this in our last podcast uh, from the podcast before then, but my video watching time has also been greatly reduced because I've been playing through Fallout 4 again.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I saw that. Uh, I think we talked about it in the last podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I saw you post it on that. And then I'm like, you know, that's an interesting idea. Um,
1: yeah. Cause I forgot how, cause it's a good, it's a different experience. So there's two things and no, no spoilers on a game. that's five years old, but you can play a completely different build. Like I played pretty much a tank the first time I beefed up on strength and And punching and those things. And now I just sneak and nobody can ever see me because I'm maxed out and I'm maybe not maxed out, but I can, I just one shot all the bad guys.
0: Oh, see, when I play uh, fallout pretty much all the time is I'm, I'm a generalizing specialist.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Sometime we're going to get to uh, the, the fallout four guide to modern testing. (laughs) <laughs> oh, did you see? You saw in Slack, right? That so? Uh, we'll yeah, get- yeah, yeah.
0: No, I was, I was waiting for a segue. I, I guess. Well, let's segue know. because we so that, have uh,
1: no plan. I do want to talk about, you know, have a little bit more reflection on what we like from, you know, things we enjoyed in 2021. But there's a nice article from the people at Manomano, Manomano, Manomano. Manomano. I'm not sure. A lot of references to modern testing. And uh, and if you want to see this stuff, like when it comes up, you know we didn't tell them to write it, we didn't pay them to write it, but they just talked about uh, uh, what they do and, and the inspiration, and they, and they and they made it their own. It's fantastic. But uh, we I found out about this from our Slack group. You can go to moderntesting.org Org and get the invitation link and join. And there are 745. Well, that, minus Brett and I, 743 of the three are in that group. Uh, lots of collaboration, very good self-sustaining community. One of, the, one of the things that I continue to be proud of and thankful for. But you were going to make some other comments on
0: that article. Yeah, I'll just say, like, if you are, if you were a new listener, obviously in, in this particular uh, format, it's very difficult for us to determine that. If you are a new user, uh, listener, Jesus Christ, and you find that what we are saying resonates, I I can't encourage you enough to join the channel. There are people there that uh, have actually taken modern testing principles uh, even further than, than Alan and I ever even thought it's, it's fantastic. It, it is definitely a community. If, the, if these things resonate with you, you should join because uh, there's a strong community there.
1: Indeed. Indeed. You're exactly right. People there. There's people in that channel that actually know more about modern testing than what we do. Yeah,
0: that's true. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because they're uh, actually
1: they're practicing the transition. And Brent, you know, I did the transition with my team here at Unity four years ago now. So it's not something I'm actively doing. There's, I, you know, we, I don't have, I got a couple testers, but anyway, it's not something I'm actively doing, but anyway, very cool to see that stuff. So I'm going to ask you, we got onto videos for a moment, but what else did you do of note in 2021 or things that kind of made, I would say affected your time other than the pandemic and streaming?
0: Affected my time. Like, I, I don't know
1: what I'm asking here. Like, what yeah, do you no, want to I've, reflect on for 2021? What's interesting to share with me? What was
0: interesting listeners? to share? Uh, I don't know that we've ever actually talked about the podcast, but you already have visibility to it in that, in that I have begun the discovery of my inner artist. Yes, you have. Yeah. So I have... <laughs> uh, started and, uh, down the path of learning to paint with, uh, watercolors, but, uh, as an adult, not, not, uh, fingerprints, uh, like we may have, we may have all done as children. Um, and I'm pretty proud. Like I, I can, I've tested it with Alex on that Alex, Alex is my oldest son, and every now and again, I call him Alan, and I call Alan Alex. I've tested it with Alan, and it has uh, repeatedly achieved my bar, which is, Alan, can you tell what it is? I attempted to paint. <laughs> it and looks like go, a
1: turkey eating a seal.
0: And then I go, "Yes, awesome, nailed it!" Like my bar is is quite low. I'm reading this book right now on how to paint with this this person that far exceeds my ability. She was talking about how, in her book, she's talking about how, um, to her, it's really important to have a set of principles if you're an artist, because everything everything then shapes around those principles. And one of her principles uh, was the viewer can't see the brushstrokes. And as a result, what she's noticed with that principle is that the, the viewer gets lost in the scene, forgets that it's a painting, right? But the second you can see the brushstrokes, you're, you're reminded of, oh, this is something somebody did, right? Is there, is there any equivalent of that? Uh, I know your artistry is is in the the music side. Isn't there an equivalent of that?
1: Maybe you you don't see the practice that went into something. It's a little different though. I think it's a little different because maybe it's the same. I don't know. You can watch a musician and play, wow, that's, that's effortless. It must be easy to do that. Or, and it's not because it's, it's easy for them to do because they've done it a hundred thousand times. But I think it's a little different. That's the repetition versus the building of the art through brushstrokes don't know man yeah but that's cool uh, that's cool i think that's to be commended because a lot of people thought okay i'm stuck at home all this extra time i have all these projects i'm gonna do i'm gonna and everybody at first like oh, i'm gonna make bread i did i did that i've seen i've seen these dolphins or some sort of fish before top view
0: yeah no so for or, the listeners, or, or, the image doesn't really come across where when, when Zoom blows it up, but those are essentially koi fish.
1: Oh, uh, OK. They're big. That's why they're orange. OK, great. Yeah. What was I talking about, man?
0: Um, I don't know. I was busy loading, loading up my like a koi, a koi fish. No, I
1: think <laughs> the point is, I think that a lot of people attempted to do something new and creative in their, their time, you know, in our time or spending more time at home. And most people did not actually try anything drastically new or get better at something they haven't worked on in a while or come up with an actual sustainable hobby. But, you know, kudos to you. You did. You said, you know, I want to do this. I'm going to do this. And you practice at it and got pretty good. And you're getting you're good and getting better. The rest of us are like, yeah, maybe I'll become a professional pizza eater. <laughs>
0: A pizza critic that that might that that would be a decent, you know. Upon the fifth piece,
1: I begin to notice the tang of tartness against my upper palate. And
0: I find creating things really helps to balance out the the, sort of the the destruction of the melancholy that that comes from like this persistent COVID bullshit, honestly. The Right, it's it's not going to end anytime soon. Although it's interesting, I don't know if you saw the article. Bill Gates is claiming pandemic over twenty twenty two. So, how's that going to happen? So, actually, I had a thought
1: about this this week in a conversation. Let me know what you think. But what we really need is a a variant that is has mild mild effects, but is massively contagious. So everybody can just get it and get herd mentality, herd herd immunity that way. That's my plan. Because otherwise it's not going to happen because people won't, the same people that won't get vaccinated also won't get tested. And they won't stay home and they won't wear a mask and they won't be conscious of spreading it to others, even if they don't know they have it. So it's not, and there's too many people that way. It's not, the contagion is not going to go away. I am curious... and maybe so I'm when- being pessimistic, but Mr. Former boss, Bill G. How the hell <laughs> do we get there, Brent?
0: I only read the first couple of paragraphs. And then honestly, I kind of bit flipped uh, and then said, you know, I wonder if the next Doom Patrol is out.
1: <laughs> Our listeners are, have tapered off because they don't want to have this discussion. But I think uh, we just have to make sure we have the medicines and it's not ivermectin. You jerks to treat it. So it's not such, not such a big deal. And people have it because it's not going away. Just, we're just going to have to learn to deal with it better than we have. One thing that will, I mean, is, there's some things that will change. So let's, let's talk about uh, maybe a little bit about what this means for the future of work. Like, you know, I'm not sure what the latest is of Microsoft. I know you're going to the office. I know people don't have to. Is there a date when people are expected to go back? Everyone goes back, or or is the expectation at Microsoft that everyone's going to go back, or is it a a hybrid where you're back a couple days a week, or is it really up to every team or individual to figure out how much they want to work in the office? And this, and this is all new. And one thing one thing new it's, is when people are sick, they're going to stay home, which they we didn't always do before.
0: So Microsoft's policy is the is the third one that you mentioned. So we are at. Uh, internally, they call it stage four, or no, I'm sorry, stage five, which is Microsoft officially recommends that you you still work remotely. Uh, however, uh, you no longer are required to have management approval if you, you so choose to come into facilities.
1: Okay. We're at a similar place. We don't require manual approval for much, but we're at yellow two, which means you can go to the office if you want. And some people we usually have between two and maybe at most 15 people on a really hectic day at the office.
0: Oh, yeah. I'll say, so I, I don't see people too often. There's a couple of people I see all the time, um, but just like glancing at my my parking lot, uh, I'll say there's maybe 20 cars here on an average basis. If okay. I were to- and, I would,
1: and that building you're in is pro- is bigger or holds more people than our unity office. So, you know, we have the same thing, which I think is common where we, in fact, we just changed this. There was originally going to be a requirement that everybody had to go in at least two days a week. And I fought back on that. I didn't think it seemed uh, people should go in when they felt like it or when it made sense. And that's finally kind of where we're at now. People, We want people to live, in general, we don't hire fully remote people, even though a huge percentage of my team, like 13% of my team, is fully remote. They're not near an office. Our general guidance is we want people to live somewhere near enough a Unity office that they could come to the office if needed. You know, it's helpful for IT and things, also for tax stuff, because we don't have an entity in every state in the US, nor in every country like Microsoft probably does. So I think it's a good, fair thing. I'm going to push back on hiring more fully remote people, and I think I can get away with it.
0: You're going to push back on that?
1: I want to hire more fully remote people. The policy is they're an exception, not a... And if I want to get the best people, some people live in a place, and they like living in a place where we don't have an office, and I want to make make sure I can do that when it's strategic. Uh, But yeah, same thing. Um, And I've told people throughout this thing for the last ever since we've been talking about the idea of maybe going back to an office that I would go in at most once a week. And it isn't the reason I, I like our office and they have snacks there and seeing people is fun. But as I have mentioned before on the podcast, I start my day at six or six 30 every day because of the overlap with my teams in Europe. I am usually in meetings solid from that time till late morning. Usually And at that point I'm five hours into my day and unless there's a reason for me to go to the office, then I'm not going to go into the office for the last part of my day. So I'm trying to work out my schedule in the long run where I can have, actually I'm trying to move our org to a no meeting Friday as a proxy for a four day week. And if we do that, then at least I can go to the office on Friday. because I don't have meetings to be in in the morning and, uh, Use that time to catch up with folks in other parts of the company, do do some office socialization and stuff. But we'll see. Twenty twenty two is a new year. Um, we're gonna get that to happen. But uh, anything else from twenty twenty one we should talk about before we talk about the future and what we think is gonna happen in twenty twenty two.
0: Twenty twenty one. What was interesting? Yeah, I think I, I think the adaptations to COVID are interesting.
1: Yeah, I've been fascinated.
0: Right. I am more than a little bit okay with with Microsoft taking a, a a good long while to do full a full open, which is what they call stage six.
1: Yeah, we call that green.
0: It's nice knowing that I that uh, I get the same parking spot uh, <laughs> that I have every day. Uh, I I. Um, uh, I think meetings, honestly, I feel like meetings online are a little bit easier than in person. right? You just things like, all right, you're hungry, right? Uh, social decorum, right Nowadays, you're just like, all right, I'm hungry. I'm gonna turn off my camera and I'm going to eat something. That's not viewed as rude. Right. If it's a meeting where um, I'm there for just getting the status for five minutes, right, I get my status and I get off the meeting, right? It's uh, whereas previously you might have stayed longer because you didn't want to disturb the next topic as you got up and tried to leave the room. There are some nice things about it. Uh, my team has, has well, so we still have a daily stand up at the same time. I had to make some accommodations on that one a little bit because of time zones. I didn't, I wanted every one of my employees to uh, normally I will do stand up in the, in the morning and I wanted every one of my employees to not have a religiously attend stand up at their lunchtime, as an example. But at the same time, I didn't want to require Like those of us in the the PST or the the Pacific time zone to, to, you know, start our day at five 30, even though I do. Yeah. But I think we've well adapted to that one. Yeah. Uh, See what else on 2021. So got into art. Uh, Obviously I did more in data science, but I think you and the audience expects that.
1: So, Let's talk about, let's, you know, I missed a segue opportunity. We're talking about COVID and COVID going away or just becoming endemic. Yep. Uh, what else is going to happen? I mean, that one we can, I don't think when we first went home in March of 2020, we thought that we'd still be at home in December and longer of 2021. But it's, it's, it's what happened. But right. what else? Let's talk about what, in respect to A/B testing, modern testing, software development, or interesting things in the world, what do you think is going to happen in 2022? What's going to be interesting?
0: So I'll tell you the thing. I'm I'm currently most afraid of is, and this waxes political, but I'm currently most afraid of World War III beginning, and that's sounds uh hopefully that doesn't sound like hyperbole but uh i think uh, i'll just say it on the podcast i think taiwan needs to be left the hell alone uh i think worried about uh ukraine as well at the moment um and something like that happens then all of our predictions are completely off base yeah 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 Uh... um
1: That's all we need on the tail end of a pandemic. Like, Hey, we're all going back to work and now there's a world war. Yeah. Let's, let's just uh, stay in dark land. And you you thought invincible was too dark to watch.
0: Yeah. I, I, the first, I'll just say the first, the first episode. Absolutely. I'm like, what the hell just happened? Yeah. Um, And I assume as you keep watching, you understand why the, the, I forget you obviously know his name, but the father, why the father's doing what the father's doing. Yeah. you will find
1: out. You'll find out if you watch more.
0: Yeah. I'll just honestly say probably not gonna. Um, In the world of software, like I I actually see, I honestly see the trend continuing, right? Um, And probably even solidifying because I don't know if you've gotten this feedback, Um, I've already started to receive feedback from certain people around. Hey, they actually want to stay full remote as this thing ends. Um, Yeah. uh, And, and the most common, the common reason, do you, do you, you have a guess on that one?
1: They hate commuting to work.
0: That's 100% commuting. Commuting is like, I don't have to do the commute anymore. So all right. It's it, depending on, you know, where you stand. Um, that's either an hour between an hour or two uh, additional work time or between an hour or two additional free time every. Yep. yep. Right. And that um, goes back
1: to the reason I'm only, I'm only going to go into work when the commute and I don't have a long commute. Some people have a very long commute. You're obviously not prepared for this part, Brent. I didn't do your homework, but I do want to talk about one prediction I had that I failed on, but I'm going to make, I'm I'm going to predict it again in 2022. I wanted to have Nicole Forsgren on the podcast 2021. Uh, not only did I not do it, I blew a golden opportunity somewhere in my Twitter feed inbox I saw a talk, a fireside chat with Nicole Forsgren. It was in APAC, so in Eastern Asian time. I thought this is my Monday night. I'm gonna do this thing. I just want to hear what she says. It's great. I actually have. It doesn't overlap any meetings. So I sat down on my kitchen counter with my laptop and poured myself a glass of wine. And I log into this thing, and it's only like 25 people. And she's she's being interviewed by the folks at Shoot Launch Darkly, and then I'm kind of half paying attention, half taking care of a couple of work things. And all of a sudden we get shoved into breakout room. So now I'm in a breakout room with five other people and Nicole Forsgren. Because I got in the group with Nicole Forsgren. Oh, wow. Uh, I had a chance to ask her questions and I did. And uh, she gave great answers. A perfect opportunity to do two. Th- so here's my my dilemma. It's like. I was thinking, like, should I actually use this time to ask her to be on the podcast? That that doesn't seem right right now. And then nope. I wanted to. One of the things I know it isn't very stalkery. It doesn't. It's not as stalkery as it sounds. But I know Nicole Forsgren's birthday only because it's the same day as mine. It was like three days ahead of my birthday. And I also thought about wishing her a happy birthday in that call, but I didn't want to be. You know how stalkery that would sound. Some old bearded guy goes, <laughs> it's your birthday, Fry. I just it's like there was just no way. I was like, there is no way to not make this completely awkward. And I will yeah, I I don't want to make people feel awkward or uncomfortable. And I was afraid of that. I figured I'd keep my mouth shut. And she gave great answers. She's wonderfully smart. It made me go re read her article on space which is, uh, I you wrote at GitLab, but I forget what space stands for, but it's a lot of things about developer productivity, which is what my questions were about and what I'm highly concerned about in my current role. So anyway, I absolutely blew, but at least Nicole Forsgren may remember me as the person who didn't freak her out by asking awkward questions during uh, a, a breakout room in Zoom. So this year I'm going to try again <laughs> and see if I can get Nicole to be on the podcast. You know what? I've never asked... Maybe Marit, I asked to be on the podcast. She may have asked us to be on. The, I can't remember how that happened, but most guests we get on the podcast, they ask me. And then I check with Brent. What do you think? Yeah, sounds good. Let's do it. So uh, I'm not very good at it. I need... Uh,
0: yeah, lately that's been a, no, we should pass on yeah. that I need one. <laughs> a producer.
1: I need. We need a producer who goes out and finds our guests for us. And actually maybe even... Gives us topics, so we're less of a haphazard crap show here of of random bits of information. But it's a story worth telling Uh, someday. Someday, and when when if not if, but when we have Nicole on. I do think Dr. Forsgren, should I, call her, do- I should call her Dr. Forsgren? When we have Dr. Forsgren on the show, we should actually get our act together and have our questions thought of like in advance so we don't get all weirded out and, and make her think we're like unorganized because no- we are unorganized, completely unorganized, but I think we should hide it from the pros.
0: I would say, say un- unorganized, right? It, Come on, Brent. It, don't argue, not, that I, I might say, <laughs> no, argue that point. I'm going to say no. I'm going to argue that point. I'm going to say yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't agree with that. I would say we're not organized, and that is not a synonym.
1: Oh, I, I see. I see what you're saying. We're not organized by design. We don't choose to be organized. We right. choose to be not organized. It's part of our charm. Right. That, yes, the that,
0: charm. That that's who said that? Someone. So long ago.
1: Okay, uh, rapid fire <laughs> yeah. questions for a makeup on the spot. So this is episode one fifty one. I forget what the episode was the end of last year, but uh, how many episodes we're we gonna do next year? What's our year end show number for twenty twenty two? You have five seconds.
0: Uh, one seventy five.
1: Ooh, good twenty four. That that's that's gonna that's a stretch, but we'll, I, I I'd love to go for it. That'd be so close to 200. That means we'll get to 200 in 2023, which we're going for, uh, so we can get that done before I go on the PCT.
0: Yeah, but that's still not going to be till April 2024.
1: Okay, uh, vanity metric time. We currently have 742 three members of the three in our Slack channel. Uh, do you think we go over a thousand this year?
0: No, because we're we're uh, no. I don't. Right. I don't know what the rate at which we are growing, actually.
1: I don't know either, and uh, I don't even know if there's a, any analytics to show me that. So,
0: but I actually think our Slack channel blows up once we get to a thousand.
1: You think? You think a thousand's the tipping point?
0: I, I think no, no. I think um, I think we have to like start paying for it or something at, at a thousand.
1: Oh no, no, we don't. Um, the way, and again. I was having a conversation uh, with somebody this, one of my team, my team members this morning around, I'll put it this way. This is a long story and I'll make it short, but it's good so I can fit the tangent back in. A lot of service providers don't know how to sell. Their pricing models are screwed up. Their pricing models don't scale with usage. We had a vendor we wanted to use. We liked their product. The way they wanted to price us made zero, charge us made zero cents. So we couldn't use them. It was just going to be too expensive because they were charging us for stuff that we would never use because of the size. This is probably at that tipping point a little bit. Like at Microsoft, you know, build versus buy, it's almost always build. Almost always. Yeah. And we've been at buy, buy versus build. And we're at a weird tipping point where we have to consider buying a, a chunk of in fact, we actually use a lot of open source and a lot of uh external tools but we need to figure out what we can build versus buy so the the slack model is i would love in fact i would pay for it if, if there was a model in between the free what we have and the corporate model like it the prices jump from like free to unaffordable and I would gladly pay like a per member fee or a per message fee if it was, you know, reasonable or they, they just need a middle tier because the pricing is and what we get for zero is a limit to how many messages can be archived. So if you go like into some of our channels and scroll up, eventually you don't see the full history. And that makes sense. They they giving the service is, is fairly you know storage is expensive. So we don't pay for much storage. You know, they don't want to pay too much storage for us. So. Right. jumping up, uh, like the next level up from free is pro and pro is $8 a member. So multiply eight times 750 and that would be our monthly cost.
0: Dude. Yeah. We're, I just noticed we're on a pro trial right now that ends in January. Yeah. So something is going to disappear in January, I'm guessing, because, $8 a person, right? That
1: that's a, a, There's a limit on how many plugins we could do. But again, that price is just not affordable for a community like ours. And I wish they had a community cost where you could not associate with a company. And I don't know how they want to do it. But if they had a a model in the middle, they would make money off of me, off of us.
0: Maybe, at least for some period of time. Right. We, so we have we have the, the podcast account, right? But uh, it can't drain that that quickly.
1: Right. Right. It'd be gone in a month, right? Right. Not, not even. No, not even. I got to think what's in there. Yeah. It would be gone in less than a month. We just can't do it. And I, I don't want people to be able to come up. So again, they're missing out. And I've talked to other vendors who also charge that per, I don't want to give names away, but the pricing models don't work. We talked to a vendor who made a tool that was fantastic. They wanted to charge a hundred dollars, a seat, and a seat was anyone at all who accessed the website the service is running on. A month, and it just said, "No, we can't. That model doesn't work. That model may work if we're a ten-person company. Yeah, we'll pay you a hundred dollars a month to for everybody can access this. But once you have twenty-five hundred developers, we just that price no longer makes sense. And I think. I'm just coming across a lot of companies. I deal a lot with vendor relations here, when and you, a lot of times they just
0: blow. When it. you do a hundred dollars a seat, a hundred dollars a seat per month. I mean, honestly, I don't think I don't think I uh, I would even subscribe to to get at that rate.
1: No, right, 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 right,
0: which is just absolutely critical to business. Uh,
1: and and that may not have been exactly it, but it was something outrageous like that. It may have been $1,000 a year, but same thing. It was some round number that was incredibly huge and it just, yeah, it doesn't work. So anyway, Slack reminded me of that because uh, they have, I th- I wanted to find a pricing model where I could pay them because it's a great, it's a great app, a great service. I like it a lot, but I can't pay $8 a user.
0: So what do you a think, month. what do you think is ahead for the the test community? And and here, you accused me of not preparing the, the th- was I, was I wrong? No, uh, you were wrong. Okay, great. The the thing is, tell me what you prepared. No, The thing is, is that in this case, I realized that in order for me to develop a prediction, right? This is one of the struggles as it relates to me in terms of our podcast at, at this point in time, right? I'm, I'm not really attached to the test community and most of my, prediction power in the past has actually come from the right that I'm living it. And, and that so, and
1: and we talked about this early a little bit. I'm in the same boat. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, I I like the idea of, uh, we, we started the podcast uh, with, with, or somewhere in the start, we, we talked about, right. The thing on the Slack channel where the one team just completely, shifted and they created, they made it their own. And I just absolutely adore everything about that. Right. And then I don't know how I missed it. Uh, You, you circled back, you circled back later and and posted their vision statement. But when I read it, I had completely missed it. I think, I think I just, my brain just said, Oh, random ad ignore, keep reading. (laughs) But I'm like, Oh my God. Right. Uh, just, I, I, I don't even know how many random words it is, but that the the random words I posted in a in a blog post so many years ago really does resonate with people and and it it's still, it' still I, I chalk it up to self-esteem issues, but it still surprises me even today that that's a it, it, it's an excellent rallying cry to accelerate the deliver of shippable software and that that, that they've just bolted on in industry um I'm, oh that's fantastic uh, you know they turned it into a design pattern the other thing i like though what did they call it they called it craft but they started it with a q something like that uh, the
1: yeah yeah like a quality craft
0: right and then they changed qa from quality assurance to quality assistance
1: and that's something at uh, actually last gets credit for for doing about the same time, maybe even before, but sometime back years ago, uh, maybe even before we did modern testing, they ended up calling quality assistance.
0: I don't think I would. Like if I were if I were in the process of informing a, a, another company's transformation on that front, I don't think I would go with that. Right. Because it if you still go in and say, hey, we're part of the QA team, but QA has changed. I think that complicates the story. I think,
1: well, I, yeah, but what's what's important and what we're seeing is there's two different there's this bubble of people that are that are moving the role of QA or test forward by making it an accelerant and not a not the other school which is purely an information provider. Yeah, um, and on a separate team, we have people seeing the value of collaboration and the value of bringing that test frame of thinking that tester frame of thinking to a development team and development teams, seeing the value in that via collaboration.
0: Uh, yeah. And I think, I think a lot of teams are moving on. Like I, I, I really do wonder if we're already living in the postmodern testing principles. That's word.
1: exactly what I was. So I'm giving a webinar next month, and I forgot about it till I got the reminder to give them a title and abstract. And I don't know what it's going to be about yet. But the, one, the idea in my head was I want to talk about postmodern testing. I don't know what I don't know I don't know what that is, but that's the first idea for a title that came to me, even though I have no idea what that talk is about. Cause I don't, I don't feel right giving another talk on modern. I think I've beaten modern testing down. People can see talks on the internet, me talking about it. So what's next? And it's for a test audience. So I have to, even though I'm not doing testing, it's something about life after modern testing, or I haven't quite figured it out, but maybe you have some ideas.
0: So, so I do uh just a high level, like we, we've talked about, um, multiple times, right. There's always the early adopters, right. And, and what happens is the early adopters find what works and what doesn't work. When we came out with modern testing principles, we were part of, we were part of the entail of the early adopters. There's always a role. I'm forgetting the name of it. Um, Al Shalloway actually recommended this book to me where, where they talk about the names I'm forgetting at the moment, but, um, where, where the benefit is, is by paying attention to early doctors, seeing what works and then proactively trying to pull the laggers forward. Right. And what we are now seeing right now, I, I truly believe is that modern testing principles can safely die to some degree because anyone out, because I think the majority of the world is actually doing it already.
1: Yeah. So maybe as I think about this talk in my head, you know, when I first talked about modern testing at test test bash um, 2016, uh, I showed the cost of innovation curve or the innovation curve from uh, crossing the chasm, which shows and I kind of showed that modern testing isn't, all the way out of the front. It's kind of on the front. But maybe what we're talking about with modern testing has shifted back. And there will always be laggards. I'm not going to pull them along. Some people are going to stay in their test last information provider uh uh world yep. forever. And I'm not gonna worry about them anymore. I'm again, I'm far enough removed, I don't worry about those bubbles anymore. I forget that they're there and tell people uh with their claws dug in deeply and and feet planted in that world tell me they're never leaving, but it's fine. But maybe what I could talk about is that curve and how it's moved. And then maybe even the updated principles we talked about, which are not as a tester, but as a team member on an agile or a software delivery team. Like we went over in the podcast about four episodes. Yeah.
0: What I'm, what I'm actually thinking through is and, and this might actually be a consequence to COVID. It, it, I'm thinking through: is it a consequence to COVID? Is it a consequence to like when we started down this path? You and I that eventually led to modernistic principles. Like there was, there was, you and I had a lot of commonalities. We could we could sort of share individual division culture. We were both still within Microsoft, right? You actually set up. Uh, community meetings and so you could see sort of the common patterns throughout the the company and and then kind of get a sense of what where the industry is going now as part of COVID I'm not not only am I not really doing that across the board throughout the company definitely not doing that cross company and so what I find myself right now, if, if, if our, let's say you're in our role is to sort of lead people to the next best thing, right? But without being early adopters ourselves, like what I'm trying to think through is who are the early adopters of the next best thing today? Like I'm arguing, I'm arguing post testing is already occurring in this world right now. Just you and I aren't aware yes. of it.
1: Yeah, and that's maybe something to talk about, too. We're, we're yeah, out of the loop there. But, it, but I get it. And, and and software is evolving, and people are doing great things all the time. Uh, It's been something to explore in 2022 in our podcast. It's been a lot we've talked about, and, and things varied from it, explaining bits of it, which we can still do. But the practitioner side, well, on one hand, it's far away, but it's still a lot of what... I mean, I have people on my team who are, you know, modern testing evangelists. Just a couple, making sure we're doing things the right way as far as quality goes. But just a few for a a fairly large organization. Stuff to think about. But uh, I think that should set us up well for, you know, what we want to talk about in 2022. I don't know what that is. I am going to actually see if I can put together a title and abstract and if maybe a, a little idea of what this talk is about and post it for feedback in our Slack group. So, so, Hey, another reason to join if you want to help me figure out what this
0: is. Post modern. No, I, I, I'm actually, I, I, I may spend some time over the holiday thinking through yeah. this because I, um, every single time, like, like I said, I'm absolutely convinced the early doctors are out there and are publishing they just they're, they're small and their voice is small. Yeah,
1: um, yeah, I, I, I agree. No wonder too. I wonder where we can find them. Next. We'll look for them. Maybe I can find him. I won't. I probably won't find him at this webinar, but we'll give it a shot. But we'll look for him. Yep. All right, we should get going. But this has been fun. Not our normal prediction episode. Nothing too wild, but good to talk a little bit about the past, a little bit about the future, a little bit about COVID. Sounds like a good Friday afternoon or Monday morning when this podcast comes out. Yep. All right,
0: everyone. He's Brent. I am. We'll see you later. <laughs> Bye. Happy holidays, everyone.